You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Elisa. We're so glad, everybody, that you have come to join us for a Geeky Show Ever, episode 337. And you might have noticed we're under a little bit of a new format. You, did you like the music that we picked out? Might change like in the, the future. We're not really sure. <laughs> we're just tinkering. Yeah, we're tweaking as we go along. We've decided to revamp the show a little bit, bring a new spin to it. Uh, we're going to have different ideas. We're going to have some interviews that we'd like to do. So if there's anyone that you would like for us to interview, get in touch with us. We'd love to hear your ideas, any show topics, any interviews. There's a contact form on the Geekiest Show Ever website, and you can also reach out to us on Twitter. My handle is at Sensei Dai. Melissa? And I'm the Mac Mommy. So we'd love to hear your ideas. As long as the person that you suggest has some sort of tech spin to it, doesn't have mm-hmm. to be someone in technology. For example, maybe it's an author, maybe it's mm-hmm. a chef that's using an iPad to give virtual cooking lessons. Yeah, so, anything, anybody that kind of, you know, maybe they're a geek and they just don't know it, or maybe they, they use technology in some way that we can kind of talk to them about. Um, I'd like to, you know, interview people like that. I really like to get to know how people use their technology. And it'd be fun to hear from different voices in the community. So please, you know, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. So that's And the website uh, is dot com. Mm-hmm. And there is a contact form, and that goes to our producer, Tim. And so he can get in touch with us if you use that. That's fine. Um, in the future, we'll work on getting an email address. So look, stay tuned for that. And also the website is being tweaked. So we're doing mm-hmm. things little by little. So, you know, if you notice changes from week to week, that's because we're trying to find our groove and we're going to be mm-hmm. trying different things. So, again, one last time, we'd love to hear your feedback. So today's topic is about preparing for distance learning and all the technological challenges that are taking place, which is really Melissa's. Uh, (laughs) My kids are all grown and out of the house, so online learning is not an issue for me, but I know it definitely is for you, both for your children and your husband. Mm -hmm. So we we can bounce off each other some ideas about this. I mean, you talk to your son a lot. He's, He's a teacher. My husband's a teacher. And like you said, my, my kids are in school. They're, they're fifth grade and ninth grade now. I now have, wow. I still have an elementary school kid for one more year in elementary. And I now have a high schooler. So it's the beginning of high school. So yeah, it's, oh my gosh, there's, there's so many changes going on. And now with COVID and all of the, the new protocols and, you know, we're all just kind of like making it up as we go along. Every, everybody is. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what happened over this weekend and what is what is happening. Like, for example, right before, you know, getting online to talk to you, Elisa, we were uh, working on a project in the house. We, we have a very small, small house and it's a challenge trying to make carve out space for everybody because it's not like we have a den or an office space or anything like that. We have a small three bedroom home and the back bedroom, you know, it used to be when we first got married, that was our little office area. We had our two desks back there and that was it. And then, of course, you know, the kids came and now we're kind of starting to outgrow things a little bit. 
And um, the, the boys do share a bedroom right now. They have bunk beds. But like I said, now with a high schooler, you know, I have a tween and a teen. And let's just say there's starting to be some friction there. And we're trying to figure out. I know, did you do that with your kids, Elisa? Did they do bunk beds or how did you do it with three boys? They have their own rooms. Each of them had their own yeah. room? I okay. mean, they're teeny tiny. My downstairs is a decent size, but my upstairs, and I'm not even going to explain this, but my upstairs <laughs> is smaller. So the bedrooms are very small, but at least they had <laughs> their own space. Yeah. Yeah. So in a small house like this, so we, you know, we have the three bedrooms, but yeah, the, they're small. And plus now with working from home. So I have my desk set up. Like I said, it used to be in the back room. And then when the kids came along for years, I actually was working. I had gotten one of myself one of those hospital bed tray type things that, you know, you could tilt and, and have it be over your bed. And for years, I was actually working with that with my laptop on the rocking chair because of, you know, having the baby and nursing and all that kind of stuff. So I had to just kind of make do with what I had and I was a nomad. So I didn't really have my own space carved out for myself anymore. I kind of had lost that. And I, it's not that I didn't need it. I just kind of, I just had to make do. I just, I just had to be flexible. And then over the last couple of years, I think it's been probably about two years now since I said, you know, we have, we do have a large master bedroom because a long, long time ago I had been a garage and it's been since retrofitted and, you know, all made to, to be a, a master bedroom. So it's, it's quite large, which is nice. So, and I know this is probably people wouldn't recommend this. Don't have your bed, your, your desk in your bedroom. We don't really have much of a choice there. So we've been trying to just make do and I'll send, I, I don't know if I, did I send you the link to the pictures that I took of what I was doing? Remember I, I put a copper pipe that I have hanging from, we have rafters in our ceiling. Did I send you those? I think you did. Yeah, I'll send you again and I'll send you updates to what we're doing now. So so that's what I was starting to say is um, before we sat down to record, the project we were working on is throughout the house, you know, there's four of us and each of us needs to have our own workspace. You know, I'm not going to have like my little guy at the coffee table doing, you know, on a laptop. I'd rather him be at an actual desk. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to carve out spaces so that the kids can really feel like they're, you know, at school as as close as I can probably get. I mean, it's so, so, everything is just so out of whack. But we have to create some kind of semblance of boundaries, privacy, workspaces, like this is the time for this activity, and then the rest of it is home. In fact, um, you know, we've been getting communications from the schools, and I don't know how many schools are going to do this, but our school in particular has been a uniform school. Um, you know, they, they wear uniforms, they have cl- school colors, and then they're allowed to wear, they're allowed to wear nice blue jeans and khaki pants and, you know, certain kinds of shorts like that. But the principal did say that they do still want the kids because they're going to be on camera. They're going to be doing, um, they're, they're going to be using Schoolology. I have not used Schoolology yet, but I've, I've heard other people are using it. So I'm looking forward to that because, you know, I like to tinker. But they are going to be expected to be sitting, you know, at their computers with their, they all have Chromebooks um, with webcams and, you know, be present and accounted for. There's there's going to be, what do they, they call it synchronous and asynchronous. So like last, so at the end of our, our last, you know, the fourth quarter, our school shut down here out in the West in March. So we had the whole entire last quarter that was distance learning. It was all cobbled together because that's just how it is. But it wasn't synchronous. In other words, like the kids could kind of work at their own pace, which, of course, they liked. But then that meant my teenager could, if he wanted to work on something at 3 a.m., he could. Not that I really let him stay up that long, but that's just an example. Um, 
but it was just kind of like, you know, go at your own pace whenever there, there wasn't an expectation that you had to, you know, be there for, um, video conferences and things like that. And so that's going to change. They're going to try to make it more structured, which I'm grateful for. So they want the kids to wear their uniform shirts. And I, I think that personally, I agree with that. I, I know a lot of people who don't, but I think that that is a healthy boundary setting tactic to, to let them know that this is when you're at school and you're supposed to be focused on education and learning and being professional and being present for that moment. And then when school is over, they can take off their uniform shirts and go change it to other clothes. Might mean more laundry for me, but hey, we're washing everything anyway, right? So so, uh, so just before we started recording, we were hanging drop cloth curtain type things. So <laughs> I, uh, I love to work with PVC. That's one of the things that I love. I love building things with PVC. That's, that's a, a fun little trivia fact about me. Um, I've made, you know, uh, cages and all kinds of like DIY kind of projects. So we had gotten some long um, three-quarter inch PVC pipes and we got some curtain rod brackets that are kind of like the circular kind. They, they come down from the ceiling and then that's a circle. And so we were mounting that. And so, for example, in the back room, like I said, we have a ceiling that has rafters so there's these beams that kind of hang down and there's a light. And so, you know, there's my son and my husband and I'm kind of like, you know, just handing them stuff like and, and handing them tools. And I was even feeding them grapes because they're up there trying to like get this, <laughs> you know, installed. Into them. It was it was kind of comical. And, you know, my husband's like swearing and <laughs> it, it was like, oh, all right. Is it time? Is it time for me to go podcast with Elisa? Because I want to get out of here. <laughs> It's like, okay, I, I do, I've done my my due diligence here. I've done all the research, taken all the measurements, bought the products, you know. So anyway, so they're they're installing what, what I would call a curtain rod, but it's really just PVC pipe and some curtain rod rackets. It's it's kind of, it's funny. Um, and so we're going to, we have those, um, they're like circular rings with clips on them. So that's our plan is to kind of hang, um, you know, photography, like like muslin backgrounds, you know, you can buy them. So I have a nice gray photography one for, you know, taking portraits and things like that. And then now before, this is another challenge, is in, in the age of COVID, um, a lot of these things, everybody has the same ideas. So a lot of these things are really hard to come by or they're really super expensive. There's been a lot of price gouging. There's supply chain issues. I mean, it is just a mess. So that's been something we've had to contend with. Now, luckily, I had... Um, invested in a lot of the stuff a while ago because I was trying to set up a studio in here. And, you know, so I had I had a lot of the supplies already, but I needed to kind of add to it. But I'm still waiting like on a chair. I'm still waiting on a desk. I keep checking and they keep pushing back the the shipping time. It's like, oh, God. So we had to we had to get creative in addition to hanging the the curtain rods um, with with drop cloths in the back. You know, really, and the, and the reason for that is, again, privacy. I don't, really don't want people seeing my my baskets full of dirty laundry and stuff. And, you know, I want, I'm trying to teach the kids, too. You know, this is going to be their future. They're going to be doing this kind of stuff. So I want them to have a professional, you know, feel professional and, and have their own space, too. Because, like I said, they're sharing a bedroom. So how do you, you know, how do you do that? That's going to be another test I'm going to have to do is with audio, um, find out what's going to happen uh, when they're both doing a video conference and they're both talking. So I, I plan on having them each wear, you know, headphones and have a microphone, kind of like when we do podcasting. So that's going to be a test coming up in the future to see how that works. Now, my husband is going to be in a, in a separate room and he's going to be able to have the door closed 
And, you know, I wonder if the sound's going to bleed through or so soundproofing is going to be an issue. So, um, yeah, so we've been we've been dealing with a lot of these, you know, setup challenges, like basically retrofitting our home to accommodate this this new thing. Um, the other thing, let's see, what was it? My, my husband is he's he's in in service right now. So he's back to school already but it's just for the teachers. So he's meeting with his colleagues and they're having, you know, like Google Hangouts or whatever it is. I think they're going to use Google Meet, I think is what they're going to be using. We're going to be using for the kids, I think it's going to be called Schoolology. Now, I haven't seen what that looks like yet. And I've seen a little bit of what Google Meet looks like. But for example, you can't like in Zoom or in Skype, you can't, it doesn't give you the, the option to have a custom backdrop. So whatever's behind you, if it's a if it's a sheet, it's a sheet, and I don't want it to look like it's some you know. No, is kind that of like Schoolology, or is that through Google Hangouts? My son is Meet using... is through Google. Schoolology is like I I don't know who owns Schoolology. Like I don't know the parent company but I mean, of that, who, but Meet is from Google. Right. Which one is has the problem with the backgrounds? Google Meet. Okay, because my son is using that too. They're mm-hmm. using Chromebooks. They're using, but they're they're using Google Meet. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, they're there is Hangouts. Uh, yeah, and that's something different. I think that I, might be more. It's for either businesses. one or the other. I forget which one. He told me tonight mm-hmm. too, but um, it's probably going to be Meet because it sounds yeah, like it's one or the other. That's where it's like it's like the Zoom equivalent, basically. Yeah. And and that's a question I have is like I wonder what it was about. Well, I think I know what it is. So like, why didn't they choose Zoom? Probably because they are a Google Apps for Education say, you know, client. Probably because everything is Chrome. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's all baked in. They're using they're Google using Classroom. they're using Canvas as their mm. technology to teach the kids. Oh, and he's interesting. never used that because he goes back tomorrow. He's oh, a fifth wow. Grade, yeah, he's a fifth grade teacher. He goes oh. back for two weeks. The kids go back on the 17th, and they're doing online learning until at least October 15th, but he thinks it'll be the entire semester. So yeah. they're going to be. Spending, I think it's going to be the entire school year, personally. Well, they're going to be spending the next two weeks with as a as a school, and then with his other fifth grade teacher because he's the lead teacher. So mm-hmm. they're going to be trying to figure out, you know, how do I teach math? How do I teach social studies? Mm-hmm. How do I do this? He's and he also has to find out: Are they going to be required to be in school, or can they teach from their own homes? But he's going to. Yeah, go they to still don't know yet, huh? Yeah, he, he has they to still go don't know. He's going to go to school to teach because everything is there. The whiteboard is there. Mm-hmm. The different mm-hmm. um, manipulatives that he has that he uses to teach the kids, and I think it's going to make him feel like he's in the proper setting as I a see. teacher uh-huh. to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Now, they gave that option to my husband if he wants to. So my husband's a physics teacher. And, you know, we've been talking about this, like, how are you going to do labs? You know, how are exactly. science teachers going to do labs? I mean, now, the other the other thing that we're contending with here in our state is is the budget. I mean, they're just, we don't have good education budget out here. It's, we're, we're at the bottom of the barrel, you know. So I keep saying, well, what about this? And what about this? Like, all these people have all these wonderful, helpful ideas, but it all costs money. So like one of the one of the tools that I know I've seen them use is STEM scopes where I don't know if you've heard of that before. If it's basically a, a, a bin, you know, they, they get these bins and they're basically a prepackaged canned kind of curriculum, if you will. Um, but their labs are all, you know, set up and the teachers have, you know, benchmarks and they have 
um, certain guidelines that they're meeting and all this stuff. But it has all the tools that you need to do to conduct these individual labs. So one idea would be that, you know, they could mail these kits to the kids' homes and then the kids could do, you know, follow along in video, um, type up their reports. I know like at fourth quarter, it was interesting. There were some science lab type things that my littlest one did um, that had, you know, certain certain goals for learning. It was it was pretty loosey goosey, but there was still, you know, some learning going on and he had fun with it. Like one thing he had to make, it was something about buoyancy and he had to make a little tin foil boat and put a penny in it and then put a rock in it and then put a egg in it, you know, all these different things to see what would float and how it would disperse and all that kind of stuff. But there again, like that's the teachers at the mercy of the, 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 ch- the child's family and their supplies. You know, and a lot we have a lot of low-income families out here, so a lot of the kids, you know, might not have all the stuff that that they, that they need. Now, as far as infrastructure is concerned, the schools—it um, depends on the district and everything. Some schools, like my husband's school, is already what's called a one-to-one school. So a couple of years ago, they already developed the infrastructure where they gave all the kids a laptop, and all the teachers have a laptop. And they already had a lot of their stuff already starting to be put online. I remember watching my husband go through it. Like he started out with these, he would bring home like milk crates full of, you know, middle folders and paperwork and stuff. I mean, the whole dining room table all the time would be covered with, you know, grading papers and stuff. And then slowly that started to dwindle more and more and more. And he was bringing home less tubs of stuff. And then he was doing more and more computerized stuff. But it took him a while to get that stuff all digitized and, Hopefully, it's been a good investment because now he's able to pull from that. He has a lot of that stuff worked out already. So that's all well and good. A lot of the teachers know what they're doing as far as scope and sequence and resources and online. And they have their their blogs. They have their assignments. They have all that stuff in place a lot. But now we're contending with, like they said, you know, your son has the option or he's you know going to be going into his classroom to broadcast, right? He's going to be broadcasting remotely. So he's going to be teaching in his classroom, but with no students in there, right? So they did give my husband that option for when he wants to go in and conduct a lab. So, I mean, his thinking is he wants to to stay as far away from the school grounds as possible, you know, because it's just, it's just more risk. You know, right now our hospitals are, are full. So it's, it's about staying home as much as you possibly can. But if there does come a time where he does need to conduct a lab, then just like your son, he has the option that if he wants to, he can go into his empty classroom and he can broadcast a lesson from there and conduct a lab if he needs to. But he's trying to figure out how to avoid that for the time being. Well, so what Shane said tonight to is uh, he's going to talk about this tomorrow with it, with the rest of the school, that when he's in his classroom alone, he won't be wearing a mask. But if someone needs to walk into his classroom and talk to him... He's, he's going to tell them, mm-hmm. don't walk in without your mask. And as soon as he sees them enter, mm-hmm. he will put his on. So that's all well and good if you have really good airflow. Because I've been reading, that that does worry me a lot. And, and in our case, if I was a teacher or my, in my husband's case, the plan is to always wear a mask, to never take it off, even if you're by yourself, because there's still the unknown of whether or not it's it's transmissible through the shared air conditioning ducts. So it all depends on like, you know, how the school is built. And I just know that out here, everything's air conditioned. I mean, everything. The windows in some schools, a lot of schools, the windows don't even open. There's a lot of like 
safety protocols that were put in place because of active shooter drills and things like that. So you can't even open a window. You know what I mean? So how are you going to get that that fresh air circulating? And, you know, you're going to have to buy, purchase fans and put them in there. You have to have that airflow because if you're in there even by yourself, even if there's nobody in that classroom, you're still, you still could be, you still could be having the virus being transmitted through air conditioning. So I don't know. That's one of those things where I just I would not want to take my chances because that's a lot of daily exposure, you know, for five days or however many days a week out, out that they're doing it. That's still I don't know. That's still that's still a question in my mind. It's still something that until I have definitive science that says, no, it's not aerosolized. No, absolutely. Positively not. It does not spread through air conditioning. Nobody is, is really saying that definitively. Not not that I've seen so far. So I don't I don't trust it. I would still be wearing a mask no matter what. So, so there's that. Um, so yeah, he does have the option to go in, but like I said, we're, we're just going to try to avoid it at all costs. So teachers are, you know, as far as like, they know how to teach, they know how, you know, they have their resources, but then here's the thing. So now if you have all these people working from home, you know, even if they are in the classroom, you're still going to have a lot of these overlapping problems. So what I want to talk about, you know, mainly today was the fact that yesterday our internet connection went out. Now it was only for a short time, but in that moment I thought, you know, normally if our, so, you know, so what our, our internet goes out, it goes out, you know, it's, it's a regular thing. It's just something that you deal with. But when you're thinking about, okay, well, what happens when our internet goes out and all four of us, or even if it's just, even if it's just, you know, the three of them, you know, in school and I'm just like, you know, doing laundry or whatever, but there's going to be at least at any given time, three of us in the home here, all online and all trying to get stuff done. And what happens when the internet goes out? What happens when the kids are in the middle of a lesson or taking a test, God forbid, and my or my husband's in the middle of teaching a class? You know, what what do you what do you do? So, uh, and and this is something where I've always just kind of taken care of it. Like I'm the CTO of the house, right? So when that kind of stuff happens, I'm the one who takes care of it. So it's not like they know all the the scope and sequence, the the order of operations, like first you have to unplug the modem, then you have to unplug the routers. And then, you know, you don't have to when it comes to unplugging them, but when you plug them back in, they say you should plug the modem in first, then you plug the routers in, you know, you wait till the modem comes back online. See, we don't have the combo thing because I'm a, I'm a geek. <laughs> so I wanted to have the mesh network. I wanted to have, you know, Wi-Fi throughout the house. And it's a good thing that I invested in that back, you know, we talked about that several episodes ago about how my my, my router was just, it was getting old. It was long in the tooth. It needed to be replaced. And I thought, you know, I'm tired of like losing signal depending on where I go. So I did invest in a mesh network. I luckily got it on, on sale and now, you know, they can all connect to it. So, um, so that's one of the things that is going to be, that we're going to have to contemplate. And we sat down and we talked about, and I, I told my husband, I was like, look, you know, when this happens, this is the, I'm, I should probably make him a list of the steps, but I, I showed him, I walked him through what I did to get us back online in like 20 minutes. You know, luckily the problem was that it was just something hiccuping inside of our house. And that's just, that happens, right? But what if when it's outside the house, like what if it's at the pole? What if it's, you know, with the ISP and it's like a citywide outage? Because I mean, Are they that's... Supply hot spots? I mean, where, where my son is, he lives in a very rural area of Virginia. Mm-hmm. And the problem uh-huh. is a lot of, the, of the, his students do not have internet. Not yeah, that's, that's a problem it, here. But because there's no ISP out there. 
And he yeah. doesn't now his neck of the woods is well, I shouldn't say his neck of the woods, but in where his area of Virginia is covered by Comcast. Uh-huh. Or yep. by Verizon. When he lived in an apartment, he had Verizon BIOS. Well, he's oh. so far out in the country that Comcast won't go out there. Wow. So yeah, that's, what that's was happening is parents, he's talked to one parent, spent $1,200 in one month just to have a hotspot so mm. his two children could be online. Mm-hmm. Well, he mm-hmm. said, he goes, what am I going to do? He goes, I can't do that every month. Right. So I said to Shane, what are those parents supposed to do who don't have internet? And as of now, he says, I don't know. We haven't reached that yet. See, that's that's what I'm talking about. There's all these things that we now have to think about that used to be taken care of by other people because it was their jobs and our taxes paid to, for that to happen. Now we're going to be absorbing the cost. So, so some of my questions, for example, are, okay, so what do we do? when the ISP goes out? What about when it isn't inside the house and it's not a matter of just rebooting the equipment? What if it's at the pole? What do, you know, what do we do then? Um, do you, what do you, as a teacher, what do you tell your students? Do you say, well, you know, like one idea, so we were kind of brainstorming, my husband and I saying, you know, as you're teaching the lesson, do you say, okay, here's going to be the rule. Like if, if I cut out, you know, if, if I disappear and, you know, say, give it 20 minutes. And if I'm not back in 20 minutes and I'm not, you know, starting restarting the broadcast, then it's probably safe to assume that it's a bigger problem. You know what I mean? Because because what I told him yesterday, I was like, you know, in any given situation, if the problem's inside the house, you should be able to get back up relatively quickly, you know, in about 20 minutes or less. Anything over than that, then you've got bigger fish to fry. You know what I'm saying? So that's something to, to be aware of. So first of all, it was like, okay. When I showed him, I was like, first you have to, you know, make sure that you have an LTE signal or else you can't, you know, do this part. But uh, we have a very paltry AT&T signal inside of our house. If we go outside of the house, it's great. But inside, there's probably, who knows, there's probably all kinds of, you know, it's, it's all my geekiness and technology that's, that's hurting it. But um, so I said, first you have to, you know, take a look at the, the router. So the thing that tipped me off was we have a thermostat. And I was sitting at the table and I looked over and I saw this big, bright red light. And I was like, uh-oh, what does that mean? I said, it's going to be one of two things. It's either the reminder to clear the, to clean the filter or the internet's out. And sure enough, it was, it lost the Wi-Fi connection. And then I thought, okay, that's, you know, clue number one. And then of course we looked at our phones and it just had the LTE signal, no Wi-Fi. I thought, okay, the internet's out. Well, then I went and I looked at the modem lights. Well, all the modem lights were lit. I thought, okay, well, the modem is online. It looks like that's functioning. So now it's it's the mesh network. It's the routers. Went and checked the routers. They all had red lights on them. So, you know, I walked them through like, okay, here are the visual things you got to look for first. Then I said, okay, let's, let's reboot everything. So I had the kids each go and unplug the routers. I went and unplugged the switch. I went and unplugged um, the, the modem. Actually, I didn't unplug the modem. What I did next is then I said, okay, now you have to look at the apps on the phone. So we have Cox where we are. We our area is kind of split between Cox and Comcast and CenturyLink and CenturyLink being DSL. So that's another, another thing to think about is uh, the, the speed. But uh, so I opened up the Cox app and I went through to first I looked, you know, I went to chat with the online chat and I said, is there an outage in my area? And there wasn't any feedback, but it said, you know, do you need to reboot your, your modem? So I was like, yes, please do that. So I tapped that. And within a couple of seconds, I watched the lights and, you know, Comcast, the actual ISP, they rebooted the modem because I could just go and unplug it and do it myself. 
But in my experience, and I don't know if you tried this too, but it does seem to work better. Like sometimes whatever the problem is, is usually resolved more efficiently if you get the ISP to do it. Don't know why that is. If anybody knows, they can tell me. I'd love to know. I've had that with cable when we still had cable. Yeah. For your television? Yeah, for them to reboot the the cable box instead of me because something with the signal they sent, it took forever Mm -hmm. to come back. But when it finally did, then whatever the problem was went away. Yeah, so that's why I thought I'm not even going to bother. I'm just if I had the option right here in my hand, I might as well do it. So I had them reboot reboot the modem, and then you know systematically, then we put the routers back online, and everything everything went back. So so that was like you know the the steps to take for when that happened inside the house. Now when it's outside the house, all you can really do is you know note the t- note the time that it went out, report it. But then I also want educators and and people working from home to know that you can get reimbursed for that time that you lose connectivity. So, you know, you better make sure that you get with your ISP and say, look, (laughs) I was in the middle of doing a report here or, you know, a presentation and the signal cut out. So you got to reimburse me for that. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, But then, you know, as you're giving a presentation, in in times past, like from experiencing it myself and from being on the other end, you know, watching someone give a presentation or a teacher, you know, say we had like a teacher meeting or something, I've... Have you ever experienced this? Even when when we're doing Skype, when we're doing this, sometimes it's like all of a sudden you're siloning or, you know, you're cutting in and out or you're hearing like every other word. What do you do then? You know, you don't know if you're if you're the presenter because you sound fine on your end. Right. But you need feedback from someone else that's listening. So I said to him, I said, well, maybe, you know, in Google Meet, there's there's probably a pop out chat window that you can, you know, watch messages. And I said, you should have the kids, you know, give you feedback. Like if, if you're starting to glitch and it's starting to get really bad, like have them, you know, type a bunch of question marks. And then that way, if you start seeing a you know, question mark, question mark, question mark, you'll know that, oh, there's a problem. And then it might just be time to re restart the call, reboot, you know, that sort of thing. So I'm wondering when, when like, you know, people like your son and my husband are going to their professional development meetings, I would really like to be a fly on the wall because like, sometimes I'll say to him, I'll ask him these questions or I'll say, well, did you talk about this? And I'm like, no, we haven't gotten that far yet. <laughs> you know, it's like, are people not thinking about this really? I mean, you know, these are these are important things. Everything's Could, important. This With the scenario you gave that, okay, Nate loses mm-hmm. internet connection mm-hmm. for whatever reason, is there, can he go into Google Meet and send a, a note to everybody saying, okay, I'm back? You know, you, you well, yeah, know, that's it's, just it. It's, so, you know, what's it's the 11, protocol? it's 1140 right now at 1150 mm-hmm. signed back on so we can continue. Because I know what right. Shane said, what he's doing is because this is what he did when he was doing summer school and the distance learning the last you know couple of months is the kids were on Zoom at that time, but they had to mute themselves. And when somebody mm-hmm. had a question or if somebody wanted to answer a question, they would put their name in the chat and then he would say, mm-hmm. okay, Melissa, unmute yourself. And then you right. would I think there's it. a raise your hand feature. Yeah, you would answer the question and then he would say, you're correct. Now mute yourself again and then you would mute mm-hmm. and then he would continue on. I think that the host, the teacher can, and it depends, like in Google Meet, like that's just it. We're going to, that's what we're going to be doing the rest of the week is testing that out because that's part of his preparation for getting ready for classes. He's been having video conferences with teachers, but he hasn't actually tested it out. Like they're saying, okay, now install this browser extension for this feature, install this browser extension for this feature. And it's driving him nuts because not all the browser extensions are working and it's a lot to 
you know, they're having to do their own technical support, basically. And they're, you know, some of it's ha- being handheld and a lot of it just isn't. He's so using they're really computers. kind of floundering. He's using the mm-hmm. Chromebook. I think he said he's using the Chromebook to teach. Mm-hmm. And then he's got his MacBook Pro on the side to access mm-hmm. the... I would um, not be the, surprised. The, uh, the planner. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised, or if they they probably will add like a tablet or something. I mean, yeah, it's gonna kind of get messy. Because he was it's using gonna me be... as the guinea pig in the summer before summer mm-hmm. school. He's like, okay, check this. Is this working? Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Is this working? Can you see me? Okay. Yep. Exactly. That's what we're gonna be doing over the next couple of days. Except the kids are gonna be in their room on their computers, and he's gonna be on his, and I'll be on mine. And we're going to be like pretending that we're students and raising our hand and like, you know, pretending that he's glitching and saying, you know, we can't see you or, you know, we didn't catch the last, you know, couple of sentences or something like that. So that's just it is like, what's the protocol? What, you know, I think that there needs to be some kind of outline of, you know, maybe like an FAQ that they post. Okay, read this. You know, this is what's, you know, this is what took what we're, you know, trying to deal with. So if this happens then this is what we're going to do. If this happens, I mean, you can't possibly plan for every kind of scenario, but there are a few kind of given scenarios that we already have experienced even before everybody had to go online. You know what I mean? Like like us, you know, when we're podcasting, there's been times when somebody's lost a call in the middle of recording and had to call back and you just add them back into the call. Or, you know, what do we do when Skype goes down? We use iMessage, you know, or something like that. So, that's what I'm saying is like we have already experienced a lot of this stuff as podcasters. Now the teachers are going to have to kind of work that in and come up with with protocols for like what happens when the connection gets dropped. And then, you know, how do you tell? Like I said to him, I said, you should have a couple of kids assigned to be like chat room moderators or something so they can say, you know, hey, Mr. Davis, like, you know, so-and-so is having this problem or whatever because if he's presenting, he might not have his eyes on that particular part of that particular time or you know, whatever he's going to be able to do. But I said, if you're, if the t- if you say, okay, if I'm glitching in the chat, text me, you know, a- an emoji or um, like a- agree on this emoji means, or, you know, question mark means that you're glitching. And then if you get a bunch of them, you'll know it's you. But if you're just getting like a couple and it's from the same three kids or the same one kid, then it's probably their bandwidth. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, how do you, you know, how would you know that unless you experience that? So that's something that I was thinking about. So the internet going out, what do you do? How do you get back online? How do you communicate when you are back online? And that was the other thing I asked them too. I think that they have, they either use Remind or there's something they can use email, but that's just it. It's like not every kid might have a cell phone. Most of them do. Probably 99% of them do, but you know, maybe they don't have the app installed. So in other words, you need to have like three to four to five different kinds of communication modes just to be able to get reach one person, you know. So we get even with our kids school, we get, you know, three different. We get text, a phone call, voicemail message and an email. So you have to have, you know, something for everybody. So then, yeah, that's that's the trick. Then it's like, OK, how do you let the kids know that, hey, I'm back online. Come back and join me, you know, click this link or, or whatever. So that's going to have to be, you know, part of the, the protocol. Yeah, also and then, to um, let the kids know that if school is from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., that if the the internet connection is dropped, that doesn't mean it's time to go play. They right, exactly. They still have to be exactly. available until 1 o'clock. Right, they have to find what are they going to, you know, what's, what's, what's that gonna, rule going to be? Like, if this happens, then 
please go work on this resource. You know, like have this as a backup that when this happens, you're still supposed to be in class, but you need to now turn to your notebook and you need to fill out this worksheet or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, so that and then the other question I was thinking about was like you, you mentioned the hotspots. Um, he did say that I think I think in certain districts they have provided for MyFi's. So that's like a portable hotspot where if there is a family who doesn't have internet connection, I mean, they've, they, I say they, and I don't, I don't know if that's like government or district or, you know, who's in charge of that, but they, whoever they is, have made it available for like when they started this one-to-one initiative, they knew that not all the families were going to have internet access. So they worked with the local businesses to um, have them uh, allow the kids to come in and use their free Wi-Fi. So say McDonald's, for example. So the kids can go into a McDonald's. It's nice and air-conditioned. They could get a snack there or whatever. And they're allowed to use the Wi-Fi, but they don't have to buy anything. They don't have to patronize the place because it's part of that agreement. As long as they know that they're a student and they're connecting to the internet, that's okay. But we can't do that now. <laughs> so that's not, you know, that's not the same kind of option. So that's where I think the MyFi's come in. So now for the families who don't have any internet access, who would have had to go to a local business to use their Wi-Fi, I think they're going to be issuing MyFi's to, to those kids. But then there again is, then that's a different kind of speed connection. And, you know, how are you going to make this equitable for all the students if, you know, some students are behind or, you know, I just, I just wonder... How and in a case like yours where three people, if not four, are going to be using the mm-hmm. internet, you know, some mm-hmm. people, they only have 20 down. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. you can't That's why... separate it among four people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, up until up until we, we did recently, when I got the, prior to getting the mesh network, we did upgrade the speed because it really was just, it was like really, it was just so slow. It was taking everything, taking a long time. And I think we got one of those like bundle deals or something. So it was really good for like two years, then it expired and I had to do something else. That's everybody's used to dealing with that right now. Right. Um, but that was a problem. I, every time we would sit down a podcast, I'd kick the rest of the family off and say, okay, you can't be watching Netflix. You can't be playing, you know, your video games or your Fortnite or whatever while I'm podcasting because, you know, the bandwidth takes a hit. So that's the other test we're going to be trying to figure out is what happens when everybody's doing a video conference at the same time. You know, I'm hoping it's going to be a little staggered and they won't always have to be on video for the entire time. I mean, it's like a six hour school day, you know, so I'm I'm wondering how they're going to break the monotony up a little bit because everybody gets like fatigued and, and tired of Zoom and, you know, staring at the lights all that time. It's, it's just not good for you. Yeah, but So it's, that's going to be I, interesting. You know, Shane's got many classes you're going to have to do, you know, a 20 minute lesson, then maybe take a five minute break to go get to the bathroom mm-hmm. or something like that. And then you've got the next yeah. group of kids. And that first group is now going to do their social studies. So mm-hmm. it's just like being mm-hmm. in school. Yeah, you're that's, going that's from what they're yeah. teacher to teacher. They have periods. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely have, have the specials. They're just not going to have music. Art, they're gym. having they're still having PE and that's what I'm interested in seeing how are they going to do PE I know at least for the little one I didn't I didn't get as much engaged with with my teenager because he was like oh mom you know leave me alone yes I'm getting it done and I would just kind of look at look at his his Google classroom grades and stuff I didn't I didn't get too much into the nitty-gritty because he was already annoyed he was already like upset and depressed you know losing his class trip and all that I didn't want to add any more stress to that so I kind of tried to back off a little bit 
But with the little one, I know I saw that, you know, they were assigned certain YouTube videos and like he loves working out anyway. So it really wasn't a problem for him. So he liked doing the little activities and stuff. And then they just had to check in and they had to fill out a questionnaire or form or whatever. So I, yeah, I'm not sure how they're going to do that part. Um, But then the other thing is like, you know, going back to bandwidth is what do you, you know, what is the expectation here? Like if you, let's say you are giving an exam and there's a deadline that you have to meet or something, are you going to be expected to, um, if you don't have, um, you know, cable, are you going to be expected to use your LTE and blaze through your data plan? And then, you know, you're going to have to pay the overage. I mean, we are, the other thing, big thing that I'm worried about is, in addition to the speed and the bandwidth and sharing all the bandwidth all at the same time is the data cap. Because when this first started happening, um, I was getting really scared because we had gone over one time, we did go over the data cap and then it's really expensive. It's just like when you go over your, your cellular data, it's a big bill. They, they take on a lot, a lot more on top of the bill and same thing with, with broadband in your home. And, uh, Luckily, Cox was really good about it. I think a lot of the ISPs were. They extended the data cap. So I guess they made it unlimited for everybody so that you didn't have to worry about that. So I'm hoping that either either they're going to have to reimburse us or I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But now that overhead is is going to be put in our laps. We're going to have to be paying for all these extra fees. I mean, we're already having to buy, you know, a desk, a chair, you know, supplies you know beyond this is just this is not your regular back to school you know what i mean there's this is a whole different ball game here with what we're what we're having to do so those are just some of some of the questions some of the things i'm thinking about as far as preparing for this um we he goes back on the 5th with with kids he's already back but like i said with kids and then on the 10th is when my kids start their distance learning so we have this time to kind of Start thinking about what's going to be our game plan here and, you know, try to prepare a little bit um, to, you know, manage our expectations. So that's that's kind of what I wanted to, you know, just blow off about today and vent about. And, you know, after I'm done with this, I'm going to go hang another curtain rod because there's one more to do. <laughs> you know, so that's that's what's been on, on my mind is connect- connectivity. How are we going to stay connected? How are we going to have a quality connection? And what are we going to do when that fails? What's what's going to be the backup plan? So, well, one thing I wanted to end with is just before we came on, I noticed my son put something on Facebook, and I yes. just wanted to read it because it what he's saying you know ties into what we're talking about. It makes a lot of sense, and he says tomorrow we'll start my year eight of teaching, year five in Virginia. My district is doing two weeks of teacher work weeks and students will be online only from August 17th through October 15th as of now. And I'm going back to teach in grade five. As we start this unique and challenging school year, I ask for three things. One, parents, please be patient with us teachers as we work our way through this online program for the first time. We've never done this before. Two, teachers, we need to be patient with our parents and students because they've never been through this either. And three, teachers, we need to be patient with each other and work together to get through this. Many of us have, many of us may have very different opinions on when students and teachers should go back to school in person. However, I think we all have the same goals in mind, and those are keeping everyone as safe and healthy as possible and trying to get our students and children to learn as much as possible this school year. Here's to the 2020-2021 school year. Mm, that's and great. I thought that was good because mm-hmm. 
you know, he's absolutely right that you mm-hmm. need to have patience. This There's going to be a lot of bumps along the way mm-hmm. on all it's sides. It's like when, when my older son was in sixth grade, that was a really rough year for us because it was a tr- transition year from elementary to middle school. I mean, it was just so frustrating. We were like, there were there were tears. We were ready to pull our hair out. It wasn't any one person's fault. We just had to accept that it just is, it was what it was. It is what it is. It's developmentally appropriate <laughs> to be frustrated. And one of the, one of the parents, an older parent, not an older parent, but a parent who has older children who had been through it before. And they said, they said, yeah, you just, you got to write it off, you know? And, that, and that's not just to say like, ah, we don't care about school. We don't care about, you know, our kids learning. No, we really do care. We want our kids to to do it, but we have to take a step back and take a deep breath and say, all right, we're all in this together. We all have to figure it out. And if it's not working, we'll try something else. But you have to, that's why I keep going back to, and I keep saying this over and over again, you've got to manage your expectations. We cannot expect that this is just going to run on rails and that, yep, by this date, we're going to open the schools back up completely and everybody's going to go back and it's going to, and we're going to get back to business. And no, it's going to be a process and there's going to be, there's going to be two steps forward and three steps back. There's going to be failures. We just don't want there to be any any deaths or any harm coming to people. But it's okay to fail. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to learn as long as it's not endangering somebody. So that's that's been kind of the biggest goal. And I, I totally agree with him. You know, it's it's got to be as, as safe as possible. That everybody's got to have that same goal in mind. And how we get there might look really different <laughs> depending on what your perspective is. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. And it's different across the country in some places – People can physically go back to school. Other places, they can't. So you just mm-hmm. have to adapt to your specific needs. So well, this really we're going to wrap this up for today. This is going to be an ongoing story. We're going to be touching base again and see how things are going. Uh, we'll touch back and see how your husband is doing. My son said he would come on and talk to us about well, the tools that he's going to be using, how things are going for his students. And again, listeners, if you have any questions, any thoughts, any ideas, any feedback, yeah. please let us know. Yeah, we, it's really mm-hmm. important. Um, just, just so we know if we're going in the right direction, if we're talking about things that you want to hear about. So we'd love the feedback. Twitter, at Sensei Dai, and Melissa, for you, it's... The Mac Mommy. Okay. And then also there's the contact sheet, uh, the contact mm-hmm. page on the geekyshowever.com. And, you know, let us know what you're thinking. So we'll check back in with you next time. Yeah. So take care of yourself. Stay safe. See you in a couple mm-hmm. weeks. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchards, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000 foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.lets-talk.ie.